Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. This evening we're reporting that we have diagnosed an additional 74 new cases of COVID-19, 45 of which are male, 29 of which are female. In respect of the global situation, there's been... 193,475 confirmed cases, 7,864 reported deaths across 164 countries. And in Italy today, we have 31,506 confirmed cases in Spain, 11,178, France, 7,652, Germany, 7,156, and in the UK, 2,626. The statistics are staggering. Uh, that update uh, from uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Tony Houlihan, at uh, the daily briefing of uh, the National Public Health Emergency Team. Yesterday, Dr. Mary Scully, a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan, joins us once again. Good morning to you, Dr. Scully, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us here on uh, the programme uh, this morning. There was a, a lot of information given out uh, by uh, the emergency team yesterday and a lot of information that we haven't had before, such as uh, the number of cases per county across uh, the country and five in Louth and five in Mead. But what I think a lot of people are finding very interesting this morning is that 17% of the people who have been diagnosed as having COVID-19 are over the age of 55, uh, but under the age of 65, 15% over the age of 65. Combined, that's a total of 32%. uh, But that leaves two-thirds of the cases who are below the age of 55. And uh, I suppose uh, this uh, puts uh, to bed uh, the idea that this is something that only older people get. Morning, Michael. Um, Well, I don't think it was ever sort of said that there's a disease that only older people get. Well, I think what the case was that older people are more at risk of complications and more severe illness, whereas young people will get it but will probably have a much milder illness and recover much more quickly. But may be surprised to realise that they are at risk of getting it and that if they get it, as the Chief Medical Officer was saying last night, uh, they're concerned about that because they can bring it home to their parents and their grandparents and other people in the community. Well, that indeed is exactly the reason why, you know, the schools have all been closed, why we're clamping down on, you know, play dates and sleepovers and group meetings of young people, whether they're school children or teenagers, 
because they often will have very mild illness, which they may not report and therefore can spread the uh, infection much more widely among the community than perhaps an older person would do who may have more severe symptoms from the, uh, from the get-go and therefore will realise that they have, uh, have a problem. So children are more likely to spread the infection and that's why, you know, the government have taken steps to try and clamp down on movements of children. And of course, that's if uh, they come into contact with people who are vulnerable and you'd imagine that that would be the case with health workers and 22% of Mm. the people diagnosed to to have uh, coronavirus in this country at this stage are working in uh, healthcare. Yes, that's an alarming statistic from my point of view. I must yep. say, um, you know, that one in five um, of people who are infected are health workers. Um, perhaps, I don't know, maybe they had uh, contact with people before they realised that they were cases, maybe in the pre-testing phase when people were presenting. Like, we are only really testing everybody with respiratory symptoms as of this week. Mm. So up to this week, um, you know, unless you had had been uh, travelled abroad or been in contact with a definite confirmed case, you weren't tested. So I think there's kind of a lot more um, cases out there in the community. And that's partly the reason why there is such a big deluge of cases being tested this week is because mm. we kind of need to know what's happening in the community. People with milder infections, people with, you, you know, um, no, no severe symptoms that warrant testing or haven't fit the criteria for travel um, and, and contacts with cases. So we need to know what's out there in the community. And that's why, you know, GPs have been told basically that anybody with any respiratory symptoms needs to be tested this week. Mm, and I suppose we're all familiar to some degree with what the symptoms might be, uh, but you were telling us uh, last week uh, that if you had any of uh, the symptoms but you hadn't been abroad, you probably wouldn't have been able to get a test for a patient, even if you were suspicious that they may have contracted the disease. Yes, and we did try in a few instances with people who, you know, looked very like they had um, COVID-19, um, but when... They would, we were directed to get them to ring public health. And when they did, uh, they were told, no, they didn't fit the criteria for testing and they were declined. So, you know, that's kind of the worry that have we missed a lot of people that are out in the community with the infection. Um, and perhaps that's where healthcare workers are coming into, um, you know, contact with those people, not realising that they are positive and perhaps not taking the kind of protective measures that we now are doing. Mm. And that's why it's got hold the way it has. Uh, 271 cases, 366 cases confirmed on the island of Ireland. Uh, And uh, there's a a number of clusters. How concerned are you about the number of clusters? 23 clusters in total, they say. Yeah, I mean, clusters are where you've got a group of cases that are probably all linked together that have probably spread it amongst themselves. And I think it just goes to show that this virus is pretty infective to to people. Um, you know, it's spreading kind of rapidly between other members of the community when there is a an undiagnosed um, you know person with the with, with the virus in the community that it is spreading and causing these clusters. So it's a very infective virus. Twenty two percent of the cases are community transmission, and in sixty one percent of the cases, the people did not. Tra- Travel abroad. Yes, this is what we're seeing more and more now. That that they, because it's now in our country, it is going to be spread more by local and community transmission than it is from travel abroad. Because 
the big clampdown in travel abroad has now been in operation for you know you know more than a week or two. So therefore, we're not seeing the people coming from abroad. Um, apart from the, some people coming back from Cheltenham, I have to say, I talked to two mm. yesterday who come back from Cheltenham who had symptoms and have gone off for testing. So um, there are those groups, but other yeah. than that, I don't think people are really um, are, are not, they're not able to travel anymore anyway because of all the clampdown on um, flights. Mm, absolutely, and it seems as though we're all learning as we go, and it certainly seems to be the case in America. And the explanation for the change in attitude towards how this virus spreads yesterday was that they didn't understand about contracting it off surfaces. And there's research into all of this, and we're all learning as we go. But it's a very contagious disease and can stay on surfaces for up to days apparently. Yes, on some surfaces I saw um, a thing going around on my phone so I can't look at it but there Mm -hmm. is a thing going around where it gives you the number of hours it stays on surfaces um, you know and on some it's up to five days. So even clothes that you're wearing, like so what we've taken now to doing in Abbey House is that we're all wearing scrubs, like you see in people in theatre mm. wearing. Um, we change into them when we get into work. We leave them here um, and, you know, and wash them sort of, well, not to leave them here, but we take them home and wash them. Mm. But we change back into our normal clothes when we're going home. So everybody here now, and um, well, the clinical staff in a way, um, doctors and nurses, we're all now in scrubs. Right. Uh, and uh, that research is from the National Institute of Allergy and infectious uh, diseases in America and they say that it could stay in the air for hours and on surfaces for up to days and that the virus is carried by droplets released when someone coughs or sneezes and it remains viable or able to infect other people in aerosols for at least three hours. On plastic and stainless steel, viable viruses could be detected after three days. On cardboard, the virus was not viable after 24 hours. On copper, it took four hours for the virus uh, to become inactivated. Uh, So uh, you just have to imagine that it's everywhere and a good idea perhaps for people to think about disinfecting their houses. Yeah, I think disinfecting your, you know, commonly touched surfaces is absolutely no harm at all. You know, mm. I saw some somebody writing down something that, that, like, act like you already have the virus in terms of cleaning up sort of after yourself, as it were, um, you know, so that you don't touch anything that other people might be touching. Um, you clean surfaces down, you clean mm. door handles, light switches, everything that other people are going to be touching. And it's absolutely no harm to be doing that in your house as well, mm. you know, just to get into the habit of doing it. And um, and when you're outside... But not with a dishcloth. Uh, I mean, not just with a dishcloth. And the dishcloth could have the virus in it. Well, uh, no. And you're told either to throw your dishcloths out or, or wash them at 60 degrees uh, or higher. Uh, but you need something that will kill bacteria. Well, I'm suggesting maybe just getting a disinfectant spray, like mm. a Dettol um, spray, and using that maybe with just some common like paper towels or kitchen yeah. roll or something. Or like soap that. and water, really, will do it, won't it? Soap and water will also do it because the lipid film of mm. the virus will be killed you know, by the um, use of soap. Mm. And to make sure that door handles and the handles on the presses, light switches, all of these things that you're touching all of the time are, are disinfected in that way and to keep your floors clean as well. Uh, what, what kind of concerns are you hearing from people at this stage, Dr Scully? Well, I think everybody is afraid now that, um, you know, if they have any respiratory symptoms that they could have the virus. <clears throat> and there's quite a lot of conflicting information out there in terms of contact. So 
um, you know, if you have like a sort of a second degree contact, your, mm. your child has been told that there's a contact in the school, you know, are you being, you know, should you be self-isolating and going home or should you be staying unless you're symptomatic? Um, the advice is conflicting um, between different agencies. So, you know, we really need to keep up to date and look at the latest information that are there on the website, hse.ie and the HPSC. Uh, .ie have very good information on it and yeah. people really need to be looking at these because the algorithms are updated you know, almost every day. We have no immunity, there is no cure and there is no vaccine as yet uh, so all we can do is protect ourselves uh, by thinking about hygiene and keeping our hands and surfaces clean and so on and to reduce our interaction with other people and to keep a distance from people as the case may be. Do you think that there are other things that we could be doing? Normally we would think about taking vitamin C or echinacea. People are asking us uh, if uh, these will help build up our immune system and uh, make our make us less vulnerable? It's very hard to know, um, you know, about those sort of things. Um, I don't think it probably won't do any harm, but as to whether it does some good, some people are fanatical about using high-dose vitamin C to improve their chances of, you know, Mm. increasing their immunity. Um, I don't know if the science backs it up, um, really, but, you know, um, and vitamin C is water-soluble, so the higher the dose, the more likely you're going to have very expensive urine, you know, you pee it out, basically. So, so, you know, taking vast amounts of it, you know, isn't going to stay in your system anyway. Okay, Uh, and uh, what about pregnant women? Have you advice for anybody uh, who's expecting a baby? Um, unlike flu, uh, flu we know does seem to affect pregnant people more severely than others and that's why the flu vaccine is recommended for pregnant women. There does not quite seem to be the same sort of evidence for the coronavirus affecting pregnant women more severely and in the few instances we have of pregnant women who contracted it who then subsequently gave birth um, there doesn't seem to be any what we call vertical transmission from the woman to the baby. If the woman has been infected, she does mm. not give um, birth to an infected baby. Um, so those are kind of reassuring things. But again, you know, we don't have the data. We don't know if you contracted it, say, for example, in the first trimester, because we, the data isn't around long enough to know what happens when a woman under three months contracts the virus or subsequently gives birth because we only know about this virus for just a matter of, you know, just a little under three months. Mm. And advice for older people, uh, people over 70 are being told to, to stay at home and not leave the house in uh, the United Kingdom. The Taoiseach uh, was telling us here uh, that that advice may follow uh, in this country and people will be asked to do what he was describing as cocooning. Uh, what do you say to people who are uh, concerned about this? I think it's it's a good idea. Um, you know, so cocooning is keeping yourself at home and away from other people for as much as you can stand to do. Um, the problem is, obviously, it's lonely, it's isolating, you know, it's difficult to do, um, you know, but hopefully the more we can do this type of restriction, um, the quicker this virus will, you know, eventually you know, dissipate out of our community. So, you know, we're not thinking or talking about doing this for, you know, years and years or months and months. Hopefully it will be for a pretty limited time just until we can get, you know, control of the virus in our community. Um, So, 
short-term pain for long-term mm. gain is how you're going to have to look at it. And we really are only at the beginning. It feels like a crisis, uh, but it hasn't actually started properly yet. Uh, there could be 15,000 confirmed cases by the end of uh, the month. Uh, there's probably many more uh, than uh, the 366 that we know about on the island at uh, the moment. Are you starting to uh, feel the pressure in the surgery? At the moment in the surgery, we are practically doing all our consultations by telephone. And the vast majority of those are people who have respiratory symptoms who want to know if they should be tested. So we are trying to kind of maintain as much service Mm. as we can. If somebody does need to be seen, um, particularly if it's not respiratory related, so for, you know, baby vaccinations, Mm -hmm. antenatal checks, you know, we are happy to continue doing those um, for the uh, immediate future anyway. Um, I don't know whether how things are going to go in the short term, but uh, for the moment, we are happy to continue seeing patients. Um, and for the rest, if we can manage them by telephone, that's what we're doing. OK, well, as I said uh, the last time, uh, I think you're a voice that our listeners recognise as one that can be trusted. And thank you very much indeed for taking time out of your busy day today to speak to us on the programme. It's much appreciated. That's Dr. Mary Scully, a GP with Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan. Michael at lmfm.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.